Hey, welcome to New River Church's podcast. We're really glad you decided to join us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and lifts you up. If you're looking for some more information about New River Church, just check us out at newriverchurch.org. One of the most important things in our faith walk and in our prayer lives is to help develop persistence. So for the next 90 minutes, we're going to be diving. No, I'm teasing. So for the next little bit, we're going to be diving into persistence. But I want to open up with a little story. So for those of you, if you're a sports fan or if you've been watching the news, you know the story about Damar Hamlin. For those of you who don't know, this past Monday night during the NFL football game, he went to make a routine tackle, tackled the guy coming past him. He got up, and then he collapsed on the field. He ended up going into cardiac arrest. They had to give him CPR on the field. His heart had stopped beating twice. But, then, you know, praise God that he's, he's still living. They, I think they took the breathing tube out. But um, needless to say, that situation... And the, and the brevity of the situation drove many people, including you know, sports pundits, in, into prayer. I actually saw on ESPN live that one of, the, one of the reporters, one of the anchors, actually stopped and prayed in the middle of the broadcast. Praise God. That's pretty amazing, right? But, you know, so a lot of folks are driven to pray for healing and for recovery you know, by the circumstances, which is all good and great. And, you know, praying for healing. But what happens if, DeMar, if nothing happened with Damar for the next two weeks? Maybe one month. Maybe three months. Do you think that, folks, we would still be praying with the same intensity? With the same fire? With the same drive? You know, it, it's hard to hold on to that level of intensity for, for, for that much time. But not, now that's corporately. Let's relay that personally. What about for you, friend? What is that one thing that, that was pressing on your heart that was so important to you and it drove you with intensity into prayer? And you started out and you're praying with that fire and you're praying with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, but then you didn't get an answer for a week or two weeks. Maybe you held on for a month, maybe two months. Maybe you were praying for you know, that relative that, 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 that they, you wanted to come to the Lord. Maybe you had that desire on your heart for a uh, career change that you felt God called you to. Maybe it was for healing, for, uh, for an area of pain in your body, and you started praying with that fever, with that intensity, and then you kind of lost steam. You kind of lost heart. You kind of ran out of gas. And then, you know, your, your prayers, you, you prayed every so often, and then all of a sudden you, you kind of just stopped praying altogether. Has any of you been in that position? I know, I know we all have. But I got good news for you. We're going to be talking, I'm going to be sharing two stories with you today, one from my personal testimony and, and one from the Word. So if you have your Bibles, get them out to Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version just because I like the wording. It kind of brings emphasis for me. So a couple of the words may be different, but you can still follow along. Amen. And so before I get into the Word, you know, I... For those of you who know me, I'm kind of a simple guy. So I kinda, if we're talking about persistence for approximately 35 minutes, I, I kind of want to know what persistence means. So let's look at what the, the definition of persistence. There's two definitions there on the screen. One, continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Second definition, continuing to exist or endure over a prolonged period. 
I have another word on the screen, importunate. I've been studying. I'm going to bring a quote up from this book later. E.M. Bounds, volume on, on a prayer. It's a collection of three books with a lot of meat and potatoes. So if you're looking for, uh, for deep prayer reading for the next two years, I suggest you go and pick that book up. But it talks about importunate, which means persistent, especially to the point of annoyance or intrusion. So, so I, I like it. And so you see, with persistence, it requires, there's, it's in spite of difficulty or opposition over a prolonged period. So you're going to have opposition, and it may take a long time. Amen? So now that we've got that in mind, let's, let's hold on to that right there as we're thinking about that one thing that, I, that I'm praying has illuminated into, into, your, into your brain, into your spirit, about that one thing that you were praying with fever and fire about. Keep that in mind as we dive into Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. I'm going to go ahead and read it now. And he, this is Jesus talking, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray, come on now, and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow who in that, in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice, hold on to that word justice, against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this woman keeps bothering me, this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith, and some translations add in the word persistent, this persistent faith on the earth. Praise the reading of the word. So let, let's take a look at the widow in this, in, the, in this story's context right here. So the, like Pastor Doug preached in our study of Mark, women were often were, were portrayed as heroes in the story. And this widow is kind of the hero in, in that story. But let's put it into context, friends. So women in that time were, uh, were not of high esteem in that culture. Women often needed male representation, they did need male representation in order to be seen or heard before the judge. Ladies, ladies, isn't it nice that you don't need male representation in order to be heard today? Amen? And women, uh, widows, were often seen, they were grouped in with the poor, the, in the orphans and the fatherless. So they, they really didn't have much rights in that time. But you see, Jesus, in, in, in his parable right here, he only shares three things about the widow. And they're all in verse 3 if you take a look at it. It states the obvious, she's a widow. So she endured loss. She lost her husband. Number two, she sought Number two, she has an adversary, so she has an enemy. There is an enemy in the story. How many of us in our prayers, we, do we have an enemy in the story? The forces of darkness, amen? And lastly, she was determined to keep going to the judge until she received justice. I italicize the word justice because, you see, I don't know about you, friend, but if it was me in the story, I'd be seeking vengeance in the story. If somebody wronged me and I was marginalized, I want revenge. I'd want their head on a platter. But you see the widow here, she's the hero because she doesn't seek that. She only seeks justice. So see, her prayer 
although it's a secular story, the prayer is actually framed into God's will because justice is after God's heart. Amen? So who is this man that the woman, that the widow is praying to? So let's take a look at the unjust, the unrighteous judge in the story. Who is this man that Jesus talks about? It says in verse number two, she, he, he does not fear God nor respect man. You're in the NIV, I think it says, if I'm not mistaken, nor care what man thinks. So this man of authority does not care what you or I think, and he's not scared of God. And in fact, in verse number four, he's, he's pretty bold and brazen about it. For him to come out and say it flippantly like that, I don't know about you, I think that's pretty bold and brazen to come out and say that. It shows that he is reluctant to answer the woman's petition, says in verse 4. That he takes his time, he drags his feet, and in fact, he's actually annoyed by, by, by the widow's request for justice. The woman's request for something after God's heart, the widow is bothered by it. And, and it goes to show that the, um, the unrighteous judge it says in verse 6, Jesus said, he calls him the unrighteous judge. So Jesus says it, it's the truth, amen? So he is unrighteous, he's corrupt. I'm guessing he probably played favorites. I'm guessing if that widow was, was a rich man, that his case probably would have been heard a little bit quicker, don't you think? If that man was of, of high esteem, if he was one of the elect, if he was one of the elected officials, his case would probably heard a little bit quicker, but since this widow of low esteem and no rank came to him, he was going to drag his feet, and he, and he was not going to play, and he played favorites in the situation. And you see, it says in verse number five, there we go, sorry, I lost track in my notes there. He, he only cared about the result for selfish reasons. Why, why did, it says in the text, why did he answer the woman's petition? To get her off his back. So he, he didn't care about the process involved. He just, and in fact, if you go in the Greek translate, in the, in the Greek origins of the word, it talks about get, him actually receiving a black eye. So he was worried about his reputation. He was worried about his pride. So if this woman kept coming after her, I think in the NIV it says, come and attack me, right? That he would actually have a black eye. And, and he wouldn't want to have to answer why he got that black eye. Oh, the widow punched me in the face, right? So... But so this is the woman's going to this unrighteous judge seeking justice. But so who do we go to in prayer when we seek justice? We go after Jesus, the high priest, it says in Hebrews 4 and 14. So let's take a look. Let's compare the unrighteous judge with Jesus. The unrighteous judge didn't fear God nor care what man thinks. But Jesus loves you and I so much that he died on the cross to pay for the penalty. He actually took the penalty upon himself for yours and my sins. The, unjust, the unrighteous judge didn't fear God at all, didn't have a relationship with God, but Jesus is intimately connected with the Father at all times. The unrighteous judge didn't want to hear what the woman had to say. Jesus, on the other hand, is delighted to hear yours and my prayers. He's so delighted. It says in Psalm chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, it says, You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed. Amen? The unrighteous judge delayed, dragged his feet, refused for a while. Je Jesus, on the other hand, does not delay, it says in verse 8, long over you in giving justice. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand 
slowness. Jesus is fully righteous, amen, and fully just in all his ways. It says in Romans 2, chapter 11, for God does not show favoritism. God does not play favorites. God does not play favorites based on your status. God does not play favorites based on the amount of money that you have or your rank in the church or any, any of those things. Amen? See, an unrighteous judge only cared about the result just to shut her up. Jesus, the high priest, on the other hand, he not only cares about the result, but he cares about the process to get you there. Because you see, friends, come on now, in the process, that is where he shapes us. That is where he gives us depth. That's where he shapes our character. And most importantly, that is where he builds persistence. Because you see, the persistence, it's honoring to him and gives him glory. But you know what? It's for you. And it's for me. Amen? So I'm going to share with you a little testimony about how a one prayer in my life that helped, me, that helped build persistence for me and helped give me depth and character. So if, uh, most of you who know me know that I'm a licensed massage therapist. I do that full-time now. It's been a year and a half since I've been doing it full-time. I was a chef for almost 20 years over at Hartford Hospital. And, you know, I, I knew it's within two weeks of starting massage school that that's where God had called me to be, that I knew that there was a calling for me there to, to be used as a vessel to bring healing through my hands. And so, you know, I came out of school with such that fire and desire and, 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 that, and just that intensity of praying, God, I want to be a massage therapist full-time. I know that's where you've called me to be. I want to do that full-time. But you see, God did not answer my prayer right away. In fact, it took almost six years of praying to get the answer that I, the end result of the prayer, rather. But you see, in the process, and I didn't realize it at the time, friends, but see, God had to do a lot of work in me to get me ready for the blessing that he wanted to give me. He delighted to give me the blessing. He delighted to give me the prayer that went after his heart, but I wasn't ready for it when I first prayed it. And I wasn't ready for it for a few years. God had to do many different things with me in the process. I had to build more godly character in order for the responsibility that I wanted to have. See, God had to show me how to love people properly. He had to show me that although I had a station in the cafeteria where I was making food for customers, it wasn't just about that. I had to learn how to love people. I had to learn how to love people doing something I didn't want to do before I could love people properly doing something that I wanted to do. Amen? So see, I had to, you know, and went to the, uh, to the effort and striving after. It's like, well, so God, how do, I, how do I do that? It was remembering customers' names. Remembering that when Joe came at 8.45 for his omelet, he wanted cheddar cheese and mushrooms and tomatoes and peppers and onions without him having to ask for it. Because that's how I can love people without telling them that I love them. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a shaping time, a powerful time. And I admit, and I'm explaining the difference I learned between stubborn praying and persistence praying. Persistent praying. See, for me, I started out stubborn praying. See, stubborn praying seeks my will in the situation and it's attached to a result. Persistent praying, come on now, persistence praying seeks God's will in the situation and it's not so much attached to the result because the greater blessing is his presence throughout the process, amen? You know how long it took for me to go from stubborn praying to persistent praying? 
almost five years. So finally I got to a point, you know, and I admit, I, I started to lose heart. I go, you know, is this ever going to happen? Am I just meant to do this two days a week and be a, a, a chef all the time? And in the process, I'll tell you, friends, in the process while I was a chef, I, God still blessed me abundantly, just not with the direct answer I was looking for. He, he helped me be employee of the year at Hartford Hospital. He, he gave me, you know, a, a position of prominence, influence. I got to run four services in their hospital chapel. I mean, it was just a time of immense blessing. You know, I got to, to touch a lot of folks on the way, in the process, to get to the end result of the prayer that I wanted answered. But, but it got to, as I was being shaped, it got to a point where it was actually about six months before a prayer got answered where finally, and I don't know what drove it, it just, I prayed one day, I said, God, I still want to be a massage therapist full time and I'm going to pray for it every day. But you know what? If you don't answer it, that way. It's fine with me. If I have to cook until I'm 62 years old and then retire, that's fine with me. You are in charge of the result. And then at that point, God's hand started to move through the process. And about six months later through LinkedIn, I found, you know, God illuminated that job to me, applied for it, and my prayer was answered. But he answered it in his timing. He answered it when he was ready, not because for him, because that's what it was written and you get the wording right. He answered it in the right time to give him the most glory and to give me the greatest blessing. See, God didn't want to give me what I call a microwave blessing. I pray it once or twice. I take one big dig with the shovel, and out it comes. It's all set and lukewarm for me. No. See, God wanted to give me the crockpot blessing, the blessing that stewed and marinated for six years to give it the most depth, to give it the most flavor, to get the most, most for the ounce there where I could bless the most people and give God the most glory in that. But it took six years to get there. And in my sight, I did not see it at the time. My job was just to follow. And see, and, and through the process, and it, was, and it wasn't a straight line. It was a kind of detour, a zigzag, developing that godly character, building the depth, and giving the persistence. But see, there are things that get in the way of us praying persistently. So we're going to take a look at a few of those things that get in the way of persistence prayer. First, that, just impatience. I, I don't know about you, but it, it's, it's hard. It was hard for those many years in, in, in the process. You know, all that stubborn praying, and I want what I want, and I want it now. I mean, I'm sure you guys have all prayed the same way without, without using those direct words. God, I want this now, right? And it, it's uncomfortable. You know, we as a culture, in, in, in that culture of of 24 hours news cycles and social media and, and TikTok videos and 90 second Facebook reels, we get that instant gratification. We seek something and find it right away. Lots of, lots of microwave blessings all over the place, right? But praying persistently is, is uncomfortable because it's not instantly gratifying. It's got to wait. It has to marinate. It has to develop, amen? Also, it could just be a lack of trust or faith. You could get to a point where praying for, you know, for months, for a year, and you go, you know what? I just don't believe God's going to do it anymore. I don't believe God can heal me from that knee pain. I don't believe that God can, can, can help in my relationship with my children, with my spouse. I just, you know what? You give up on God. But see, I learned through the process and through studying for this word today that, you know, our, our, the, the level of our persistence, come on now, equals the level of our faith. As much as I'm going to be persistent is as much faith as I'm going to have that the Lord can answer that prayer. If I have no persistence and no trust, my faith is down here. So i got to take 
I got to take my level of persistence up with my level of faith. And see, and, and there's a quote that I have from, from Mr. E.M. Bounds there in regards to, because see, in that prayer fatigue, right, if I, if, if I it's impossible in my flesh to pray over every prayer request with absolute fire and intensity. I don't have it in my flesh, and you don't have that. We, we're just not built physically with the strength to carry that all the time. we just run out of gas. But, but, so sometimes it's narrowing the vision. And Mr. Bounds says here, desire is intense, but narrow. It cannot spread itself over a wide area. It wants a few things, and it wants them badly. So a few things wants them badly. It wants them so badly that nothing but God's willingness to answer can bring it ease or contentment. And you see, and I've been talking about persistence for a little while. Now we go, well, you know what? Why, why persevere and be persistent anyways? In the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the what? Proper time. It's right up there. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what does that mean? What it means is God has a proper time where he's going to answer your and my prayer in the way that he sees fit. So there's a time for it. And you know what? I like it. It says, it doesn't say and reap a single blessing. It doesn't say and reap one. It says reap a harvest. So, so when God lets that prayer, when those, that persistent prayer marinates and develops over time, you got a harvest waiting for you, friends. See, I wanted one thing at the time. I wanted to be the full-time massage therapist because that's where I felt God called me to go. But you see, and I'm just hitting it now. The Holy Spirit just showing me as I'm talking to you right now that there was a whole harvest of blessings along the way. All the customers that I got to feed a Caesar salad to, all the folks that I actually got to pray for at Hartford Hospital on the way, on the detour to the blessing that I actually wanted, there was a harvest waiting for me. And so good news for you, friends, in that persistent praying, there's a harvest waiting for you. At its proper time, once it marinates the right, right way, if we do not, give up. Give up. Amen. Amen. Come on now, I get I'm getting excited. So you see, you know, and we contrasted the unrighteous judge with Jesus the high priest. But you know what? There's actually one thing that they got in common, you see. They both were not moved by the circumstances. Didn't matter what the circumstance them, that didn't move the judge at all. And believe it or not, and this may sound hard to say, God is not moved by your circumstances. He's moved by our persistence. Why do you ask? Because if God was only moved, if we only moved God's hand by our circumstances, God would only answer the most dire of prayers all the time. So that prayer that wasn't like a life or death matter, so to speak, you know, if it wasn't like Damar Hamlin's situation, your prayers would go to the back of the line. They'd sit under a stack of other prayers. They'd probably never get answered. But praise God that he is not moved. See, that's our condition. The human condition is to be moved by compassion by our circumstances. But God's condition is to be moved by your persistence. And see, lastly, Jesus is actually looking for it. It says in verse 8, it says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this persistent faith on the earth? And as we talked about earlier, the level of our persistent praying equals the level of our persistent faith. So he, Jesus is actually, when Jesus comes back and he's going to come back, he's looking for your persistent praying when he comes back. Amen? So, you know, it's, 
We've been, we've been talking about persistence. We've been talking about why we need to persevere. And, and as I describe it, you may go, man, this sounds really tough. How do I develop this perseverance in prayer? How do I become a persistent prayer? Good news for, for us, Jesus says in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7 also, and Luke eleven nine. it talks about asking and seeking and knocking, A-S-K, acronym for ask, right? It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. And you see, when I think, and, and it's all an interchangeable process. It's not a one, two, three process, right? That's the, our linear thinking. See, we ask for something. I asked for God to answer the prayer to make, to, for me to be a full-time massage therapist. The widow asked for justice. She asked for something. And as she keeps asking for something, and so a lot of times we just stop. We just stop at the, at the ask part. We just stop at the A. And we just ask, and that's it. But see, it's got to go one step deeper, friends, right? Come on now. We got, we got to seek. And so what do we seek? We seek someone. We seek Jesus in the process. We seek God's will in the process. So after I asked for what I wanted, maybe I guess I'm just thinking out loud that the, the change for me started when I started seeking God's will in this situation. You know, this is what I want, God, but what do you have to say about it, right? What do you, what do you want for me? What do you want to build for me, in me, in the process of that persistent praying. So see, as we ask, and we keep asking every day, and then we start seeking God's will for it every day, we got to look to where he's going to answer, where the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate for that for you, and where is it? In the knocking. Where do we knock? We knock to get into the door of God's presence. Now, literally, I don't hit the table every day, but as we, we, we knock to get into, so, Lord, I want to get into your presence because I need and we need that supernatural vision, we need that divine revelation and, and how our, that prayer is going to be answered, how that request is going to play itself out. And that where we're knocking, that was the, and you know, and part of for me in that prayer, God showed me I had to be, I, I wanted to be a difference maker for the kingdom of God. The first way that I knocked in the presence said to me was, Matt, you got to be a little bit different. Difference maker's got to be a little bit different. And so that's where you know, folks used to think I run late for work every day because I was running in. And I told them, I said, God just called me to start every day running because go-getters start every day running. Literally start with that running attitude so I could see where God was moving because I don't ever want in my sluggardness to be staying put and God wants to move down there. But it only takes me to go, to go after it, seek it, to find it, amen? So we ask and we seek and we knock. And that especially is important as we get into, you know, 21 days of prayer. Because you go, why do we consecrate these 21 days of prayer? So we can ask. So we can take those things personally. We can take those things corporately and not just pray a prayer and leave it alone. Not just a five minute, a little quick prayer and then go on our way. But really take some time and marinate in that process. Seek what God's will is for me, for, for, for us in 2023 to really, and not only just ask and seek, but to really knock to get in the presence. Because I, you know, if we just ask, if we just lay the, lay the prayer down and don't really care about the process to get there, we're just going through routine. We're just going through the motions. 
How many of you, how many of us, me included, have gone through the motions in our prayers? We pray and we just, God, if you could just answer this prayer, that would be great, thanks. And we have our morning huddle and our meeting, we go on our way, but we never actually look, come on now, we never actually look for, for that answer. And then we wonder, why is God's hand never moved? Why have I not seen anything? Oh, this is useless, let me give up. We take those 21 days of prayer, we take that that all-night prayer vigil, which I admit, I'll be transparent, was something that I was called to do about a year and a half, two years ago. And I never just stepped up and really took charge of that. And so we're going to be, you know, what, what's the main purpose we're praying all night this coming Friday? Just to seek after God's will. Just to get into his presence. Because if I have an agenda with that time, God's got so much more for you and me, amen? My agenda is, is, small, is small vision, small potatoes, God's got a whole banquet that he wants to give to you and me. But we got to take the time to let it marinate. If we just, if, if we just pray on it for, for a half hour and we go on our way, we're going to be missing, come on now, so much more about what God would have for us in 2023 and going forward. So let's, let's, bring, this, let's bring this back full circle. And worship team can come up. So we look at, so what is, let's go back to that one thing. And, and I hope that, let's, let's just take a, a few seconds and just, yeah, Lord, just that one thing, bring that one thing back to my friends, that one thing that was in their heart, the one thing, yes, Lord, thank you, that one thing that we still think about every day in the back of our minds, that one, it's, it's, it probably may sit, come on, it may sit in your souls that regret, that sore spot, that wound that's sitting on your soul. And you're still walking around, in, and we're walking around in pain every day. Physical pain, mental pain. Like I said, maybe that one thing for you was a relationship that went sour, and you wanted to pray for, and forgiveness in that situation, and then you thought it wasn't possible anymore, so you kind of just left it in the back of your brain, and it still hurts if somebody talks about it, if somebody brings it up. It, it, it makes you want to cry on the inside. You don't, you don't even want to talk about it. That's that one thing. That's hurting. So as we get ready to close this morning, what's that one thing? God is calling us to be persistent. If that's the jump start for 2023, friends, it's to be persistent in our prayer lives. That today is the day that we're going to recommit that prayer that we, that we put aside, that prayer that we lost heart about, that prayer, that thing that has been on your heart, that you said, ah, God's not going to answer it. Oh, I'm too tired of praying for that. This is of no use. Today's the day that we pick it back up and we bring it to the altar because God wants to meet with us right here this morning. I really feel it, that God wants to meet with us right here as we recommit that prayer to the Lord and ask him and seek his presence and knock at the door to see and have our eyes open as to where exactly God's going to answer that because God has a harvest ready for you and me in prayer, but we got to make the commitment. God is already committed. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's waiting on us to commit it to him. And I find it fitting the last song, I need you, right? As we pray, Lord, we, we need you. Oh, and the other thing I forgot, and it's important that I say it, if we could bring up the, uh, the last slide, please, as we ask and seek and knock, I almost forgot. we got to ask God to give us the strength to be persistent. Because if I do it in my own strength, yeah, I'm going to come up and I'm going to recommit this 
in about two weeks, I'm going to run out of gas. And then I'm right back at square one. And then going through the same cycle. Again, that's tiring and tiring and tiring and feels like of no use. Psalm 73 and 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but the Lord is, come on, now here it is, the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So we need to pray that, to the Lord, let him be the strength of our heart as we recommit that prayer to the Lord. Let him be our portion forever and give us our daily bread all throughout the process. Because for me, as, as a, in, that, in that prayer to be a massage therapist, God gave me so, not only did he bless other people, he gave me so much daily bread throughout those six years that I didn't even realize. But it starts with asking the Lord to give us just the strength to be persistent. He wants you to be persistent. He wants to give it to you, but you got to ask for it. So friends, let's, let's pray. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like more encouragement or information about New River Church, check us out at newriverchurch.org.